What's love got to do with it? Everything. Sorry, Tina Turner. Love has everything to do with it. Welcome back to the Soul Method podcast. And this week, Valentine's Day week, we are dealing with love. So if you want to learn how to feel loved for the rest of your life, stay tuned. Life is a winding road No telling where it goes Driving through days and nights Won't stop for traffic light Hi everyone and welcome back. My name is Joelle Fawcett and I am your host here at the Soul Method podcast. I am the founder of the Soul Method And here, our mission is to be your guide, to heal from the past, be at peace in the present, and create a future you love. And welcome to this next episode of the Soul Method podcast titled, What's Love Got to Do With It? Everything, folks. So if you are someone who wants to feel love every minute of every day for the rest of your life. I got you. This is the episode for you. Now, I am recording this in a very timely manner as we had Valentine's Day just a few weeks ago. And while I talk about love a lot on the podcast, I'm a little over the marketing paraphernalia involved with Valentine's Day. So here we are. Now all the Easter things and spring things are going to come out way too early as always, but that's okay. So getting into it. Love. What is it? Now, to start off with, Let's talk about something else really briefly. I have talked on the podcast several times before about the one thing that everybody is afraid of. Every single person on the planet resists or is afraid of one thing. And now if you like look this up on the internet, it will tell you that Public speaking is like the number one fear. That's total BS. It's not true. The number one thing that everyone on the planet is afraid of, the number one thing we all resist is change. Right? Now, the number one thing that we all want, that we all are looking for, is love. But what is it, right? What is this undefinable thing that we all look for? The way that I'm going to define love is going to be the foundation 
for this podcast episode. And you can define love a million different ways, right? I am here to speak truth as I know it and to share that with you. So this is the foundation and how we at The Soul Method define what love is. And it's probably going to be a little bit different than what you expect. Love is a state of alignment and authenticity that we all are born into. Love coexists with trust, peace, joy, and freedom, but it is not the same as any of those things. These things run parallel to each other. Now, even though they're not the same, love cannot exist without them. Love, as defined by the soul method, is living out of your authentic yes and your authentic no. So let's talk about what that means for you. Now, in our culture, we unfortunately are modeled a very different way to love someone. And that way we are modeled love is codependence. It is rampant throughout our culture. And you can find it in everything from Disney to pornography. And while we are born into a state of love, into this alignment and authenticity around the ages of three to five years old, right about when we are developing language is when the ego enters our minds and we are molded by our parents, our teachers, our culture, and our society to look for affirmation outside of that aligned, authentic state. Right now, if you really want to get into the ego and learn more about it, maybe this concept is a little new to you, go back to season one, episode three of this podcast. That episode is titled A Tiny Mad Idea. And that is where I do a deep dive into the ego, how it operates, and how you can start to distinguish that little voice in your head. Okay. So back to love, we are raised as children moving into adolescence by imperfect parents in an imperfect society where more often than not, our parents didn't love themselves. And so it is impossible for them to teach us how to love ourselves. And so we perpetuate this state of cultural codependency where we are looking for all of these things, all of these core things, peace, love, joy, trust, freedom. We look for them outside of ourselves rather than generating them inside. Right? Now, ideally, we would move from infancy, dependent, 
where we are 100% dependent on our parents or guardians to care for us. Through codependency, where we are learning society, we are learning manners, we are learning the shoulds and shouldn'ts of this world, right? Because even in an aligned state, we still need to learn. We still need to learn proper relationships. We need to learn play. We need to learn trust. We need to learn communication, right? So even if this world was 100% perfect, we would still, for a period of time, be in this state of codependency where we look outside of ourselves for how to interact with others. We look for others to model for us because that's what parents do. If you're a parent out there, please know your life is a model for your children. Who you are, what you say yes to, and what you say no to. Not to them, but for you, what you engage with as a person is modeling for your children what a yes is and what a no is. And as a parent, that is a part of why I find that this work is so important because I know and I firmly believe in my heart that what I am able to break through the trauma that I am able to dissolve. Those things, my children will never have to battle the same way that I did. Will they have their own journeys? Absolutely. I am not a perfect parent and neither are you. Our society is screwed up in so many ways. Our children are going to have their own path. But the more aligned and authentically I live, I know I paved the way to make the journey for them just a little bit easier. So in a perfect world, we would still move through this state of codependency, but then we would graduate as adults into interdependency, where my feeling of all of these essential things comes from within me. And I get to choose from an aligned and authentic state how I want to engage with you. Right? Because here's the reality. Love, like everything else I talk about on this podcast, starts with you. Your experience of love, the way that you feel loved and how much you feel love has nothing to do with anybody else around you. You are 100% responsible for how you experience love in your life. And when you love yourself, when you truly are in that state of alignment, you can walk through your life feeling love whether or not anyone else's expresses love to you. That, my friends, 
is an amazing way to live your life. So, however, we have this issue where we live in a culture that is rampant with codependency. Like I said before, it is modeled by our parents. It is glorified in our media. And here's the rub. Love cannot exist within codependency. True, aligned, authentic love cannot exist within codependency. And I know I've talked about this before, but let's get into it, okay? Because here's the reality, and I'm just going to throw this out there. In today's society, when someone says they are falling in love, most of the time, they're falling into some kind of combination of lust and codependency. I believe the only person you can truly fall in love with is yourself. So codependency as related to love. Let's break this down. So if I existed in a codependent relationship with Joe around love, what I would do is exist with him in a way where the responsibility for how I experience love, how much I feel loved, is now on him. I give it away. I give my power away around my own experience of love to my fiance and say, here you go. Now, you have to say certain things, do certain things, and be a certain way so that I can feel loved. Okay? And this is where we have relationships that feel like traps. If you're in a relationship right now and you can sense freedom on the other side of it, That's codependency. Love and freedom, remember, exist simultaneously. They are not the same thing, but they exist parallel to each other. True love cannot exist without freedom. So if you're feeling trapped in a relationship, that is a number one key that you're in a codependent relationship. Now, here's the beautiful thing is that both parties don't even have to do this work, right? I love Joe to death and self-help and personal growth really isn't his thing. And guess what? That's totally okay because I decided the way that I wanted my life to be and it's going that way. And I feel loved, worthy, Trust, peace, joy. I experience all of these things every single day. If you feel like you're in a codependent relationship or you are kind of acknowledging some of this stuff about your relationship with maybe your romantic partner, your children, your parents, your family, your friends, whatever it is, it's okay. You don't need them to change. 
at all in order for you to exit that contract and establish a new one. Because again, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. Okay, so that is what codependency with love would look like in a relationship. And I am pretty confident in saying that every single one of us has experienced this, especially in like, you know, high school, right? It's pretty common. And again, it is also glorified in our culture. You watch romantic movies and this is how people on a screen experience love, right? Now, like I said, the rub is that if you live in codependence, it is impossible to experience authentic love. Because when you give your power away, when you give away the ability to generate self-love, you cannot curate it. You aren't. You can't. When you give that power away, you create a dangerous dragon. Because here's the reality. There is one person in the world that you can control. And that's you. You cannot control anyone else, not even your kids. Ask any parent in the world and they will tell you, you cannot control your children. So if you are the only one in the world that you can control, you can imagine it's incredibly dangerous when you give your sense of love, peace, joy, and freedom away to someone else. You know, I was talking with a really close friend of mine the other day who I really consider a brother, and he was telling me how he was really frustrated with relationships and kind of just wanted to, like he wanted to check. Like he didn't want to feel the feelings anymore. He didn't want to do the thing anymore. He wanted to just be done with it. And this is why. Is because I know that the only way that he has experienced what he would call love is within a codependent relationship. And those types of relationships are exhausting. Because you give your power away. It's not that he wanted to be done with love. It's not that he wanted to be done with peace and joy. The reality is that he wanted to be done with codependency. So that opened the door for us to have a really awesome conversation. But to put it succinctly, the most dangerous dragon that you can choose is the one that makes you believe that you can change the way someone else feels or that someone else can change the way that you feel. It is not possible. There is nothing 
you can do to make someone else feel loved. And simultaneously, there is nothing anyone in the world can do. There's no program. There's no pill. There's no relationship. There's no house, car, job, money. There's no thing out there that can make you feel loved. Okay. That all must come from within yourself. It can never be someone else's responsibility to create something that you want to have. At the end of the day, that's it. The seat of everything that you want. The seat of love, peace, joy, freedom, trust. The seat of all of these things is within personal responsibility. And to be totally honest with you guys, I've met people, a handful of people who, because of this, I can't even coach them. I am sure you've met people too, where despite your best efforts, no matter what you did, nothing would help them. Because that's the thing. If someone is committed to feeling self-hatred or mistrust or feeling lost or self-sabotaging, nothing you do can change that. Hey, I can only coach people who are willing to learn and grow. Right now, they obviously, you know, at the time, they might not know what they're doing or even where they want to go or what it's going to look like, but they know that they want to change. Right? If someone doesn't want to change, if they're committed to be a, being a victim, if they're committed to self-hatred, nothing I do or say can lead them to self-love. And that's why, by the way, the mission of the soul method is what it is. That we are here to be your guide. Nothing I do can do it for you. Nothing anyone else can do can do it for you. And that's the beauty of a well-trained coach is that they don't try to. They're there to guide you to discover these things for yourself. Now, as a coach, one of the most common belief systems that I see in the people I work with, and this was a big one for me as well, is this belief system of if I am myself, I am not lovable. And that negative belief system often comes out of some form of childhood trauma. Okay, now, first off, let me break this down. And I've talked a little bit about this before, but I want to make myself perfectly clear here because, as you know, I don't believe anyone 
gets out of childhood, no one makes it to adulthood without experiencing trauma. Okay, it's just, it's a thing. We live in an imperfect world with imperfect parents in an imperfect society. And no one makes it through life without trauma. Right? Now, we, I think, as people have this thing where we like to, like, weigh and judge the degrees of trauma that someone may or may not have experienced. And we got to stop doing this because here's the thing. A hundred people could have exactly the same thing happen to them. And a hundred people would experience that same thing 100 different ways. Right. You don't need to have had some, you know, movie level thing happen to you in your life to need to go through this process of investigating, dissolving trauma, and reestablishing self-love, right? It could be something so mundane and simple that caused you as a child to get committed to this negative belief system of, if I'm myself, I'm not lovable. It could be something as simple as, maybe your parents just weren't around a lot. You know, maybe they were both surgeons or doctors or lawyers and they were running around and weren't as available as you needed as a kid. Maybe you moved around a lot. Maybe you were a part of a military family and you moved. And you weren't able to be in the same place for long enough to really put roots down as a child. Maybe you just had a hard time making friends. Right. All of these things can cause these negative belief systems to develop in us. It doesn't take, you know, some big dramatic thing like a parent passing away or this massive illness or, you know, a a national disaster like an earthquake to happen. It can be something very simple. So don't discount yourself just because it's not like a blockbuster movie, right? And here's the thing with this specific negative belief system of if I'm myself, I'm not lovable. It is exactly the opposite of the way that we define love. Because true authentic love is living out of your yes and your no. Whereas that belief system is saying, if I do that, I'm not lovable. Right now, within that belief system, I can tell you that was my experience. And if you've listened to my story in episode one, you know this, where I talk about how I got to this point in my life where I had said yes to so many things, right? I said yes to marrying my ex-husband. I said yes to where we were living. I said yes to the car I was driving, the church that I went to, 
the way I engaged with my family, the job or not job that I had, I said yes to everything along the way. And then I looked at my life and I didn't want any of it. As I got into this work, one of the biggest things that I wanted to discover was, why the hell did I do that? Right? Because that's literally insane. Right? That's like somebody who doesn't like black licorice looking at black licorice and eating it. You know you don't like it, but they're sitting there chomping away. That was me. Right? And it all went back to this. Because at my core, I had a deep-seated belief that if I stood in my authentic yes and my authentic no, I wouldn't be loved. So instead, I continued to deny myself over and over and over again, looking for love outside. Right? And I do think that this correlates with a belief in our culture that really, really just needs to go. And that is this teaching or belief that being selfish is a bad thing. That somehow there is glory in martyrdom and that to deny yourself love is doing the right thing. And the truth could not be more opposite than that. The belief that denying yourself should somehow be glorified puts you in the position of seeking love outside of yourself. It is a cultural perpetuation of codependency. Enough's enough. Now, you all know that I am a spiritual person. I don't subscribe to one spe specific religious belief system, but I am a spiritual person. And I 100% believe in a divine power. I've talked about this before. You can call this divine power whatever you want. God, goddess, Buddha, Jesus, Allah, goddess, Isis, whatever you want to call it. I don't believe that this divine power has a gender. It is massive and all-encompassing, and it is love. And I know this because we are all born into a state of love. And we are all born into a state of love because we are all born with a piece of God inside of us. And that piece of God inside of us is the aligned, authentic parts of ourselves. It is the desires of our heart. The word desire literally means of the father. And again, I don't believe it's a dude. I believe that divine source power has both masculine and feminine elements to it. So when you deny yourself love, 
I believe you are refusing to love God. I'm going to let that one sink in for a moment and I'll say it again. I believe that because a piece of God lives within each and every one of us and that peace is the aligned, authentic desires of our heart. That when we make those manifest here on earth, we are making manifest that peace of the divine. And that to deny ourselves is to refuse to love God. And so in essence, to be selfish. is one of the best things you can. Now, when we talk about manifestation and abundance, I've talked about this before, we don't attract what we want. Right. We don't attract the thing that we want that we're rationalizing. We attract energetically what we are. Our abundance and joy, our experience of love is seated in the practice of self love. When you 100% and truly live out of your authentic yes and your authentic no, you will attract love into your life because that is where you live. That is how you exist. So what is self-love? What is loving yourself? What is love? Sorry. That's why I'm a podcaster, not a singer. Self-love. True love. Being in a state of aligned and authentic living. Loving yourself is intentionally and deliberately living out of your authentic yes and your authentic no. Your yes and your no is the best and most powerful way to teach people how to love you. Because that is how You love you. Now, I am going to break this down a little bit because sometimes when I say self-love, people think of all the things that they want to be comfortable or that they deny themselves in their daily lives. And that is not self-love. Okay? That is a trauma reflex. These are things like overeating stimulant-based foods, like caffeine, sugar, candy, fried foods, all those things. Uh, Binge-watching shows or movies, oversleeping, overspending, overindulging in things like alcohol, recreational drugs, Okay, those things are not self-love. Self-love is not letting yourself go and doing the things that make you feel good in the moment. 
Okay. Um, you know, it's funny when I was thinking about this topic, it immediately took me back to when I was ballerina and I had an eating disorder for years. And people would always say like, oh, well, you need to love your body. You need to love yourself. And I kept thinking that that meant eating a ton of junk food. Not what we're talking about. Okay. Again, that is a trauma-based reflex to numb ourselves, not authentic self-love. It's totally a pet peeve of mine when people will put up social media posts, but they'll be like, oh, I bought this sweater, hashtag self-love. Or, oh, I'm out with my girlfriends drinking martinis, hashtag self-love. Now, <laughs> maybe is that an authentic expression for them of self-love? It might be. Okay, I don't know. Do I think that the idea of self-love has been twisted to become this thing where we overindulge in the name of self-love? Yes, I do. Okay, that is not what we're talking about. In that, when we are doing things out of a trauma reflex, we are doing it for two reasons. Number one, avoidance. We use these things, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, spending money, gossiping, whatever it is. We use these things to create serotonin and dopamine spikes in our bodies to make us feel good in the moment. Okay, so it's either avoidance or excuse. What's the other one? This is a reason for me to do the thing that I never allow myself to do. In a way, they're kind of the same. Self-love is not this. Self-love is the willingness to authentically live in alignment. This is often momentarily uncomfortable and very challenging. The reason it's uncomfortable and challenging is because the ego doesn't always like it when we do this. Sometimes it's hard to confront these deep-seated negative belief systems that we have lived out of for our entire lives up to this point. However, if we are willing to do that, if we are willing to go through the uncomfortableness of processing through the trauma, processing through the negative belief systems, it will lead us to everlasting peace, joy, trust, love, and freedom. One of the best ways to start to do this is to get in the habit of asking yourself, what do I need? What do you need? So really, just like shake it off for a minute. Shake your shoulders, shake your hands, just take a deep breath in your belly. Exhale it out. 
and become aware of yourself. Be in your skin. Where is your yes and where is your no? Most people in our culture today have disconnected from being present with themselves. And this can happen for a multitude of reasons. We have become creatures that live on the earth and not of the earth. We rarely actually connect and ground into the earth's energies. Really, really quickly. (laughs) The earth actually sets off a specific magnetic vibration. The earth ground, the dirt, puts off a magnetic vibration. And because most of our shoes have rubber in them, we are prevented from ever connecting to that magnetic frequency. And so often our personal frequencies, the frequencies of our bodies, get skewed dramatically. There's a lot of electronics going on. I don't know what's going on with 5G and how that's impacting our health. I'm not going to get into it. There's a lot going on in that. And trauma takes an energetic form. The same way that words take an energetic form. We've talked about this before. We'll talk about it again. But all of these things through our lives can throw off our alignment. It throws off our energetic field. And... The earth naturally pulls us back to base level. It pulls us back to groundedness to a healthy state. But if we never connect to it, we never have a chance to ground. So that could be one reason. Simple. You wear shoes. Maybe you need to make grounding a practice to get more present in your body. For a lot of people, at some point in our lives, if we experience some level of trauma, we popped out of our bodies. We said, whoa, it is scary to be there. There's a lot going on all over the place, and I don't like that. So I'm going to live out here. I'm going to live out here, and I'm not going to be present with what's going on here. And again, this doesn't have to be something big. This could be witnessing a fight between your parents that, as a child, you didn't understand. And it was scary because you heard a door slam. Right? But you pop out. And pulling yourself back in and getting present with yourself can feel really scary. Because if you're still popped out as an adult, based on an experience you had as a child, that fear is a childhood fear. But now you're an adult. You're living out of that fear still because it was never processed. Right? And this happens to most of us. We create these belief systems and we have these fears as children, and because we pop out, we live out here, we never reassess, we never ground into adulthood. And so even though physically we are adults, we continue to live out of childhood belief systems. Right? So becoming present with ourselves can feel really scary you might feel a lot of resistance to that. Your ego probably is not going to like it. That's okay. When I coach my clients through this process, this is not a rough and tumble hit you over the head thing. This is 
a gentle guidance. We want to tenderly bring you back in and re-examine these belief systems. We want to bring you back to love and peace and joy. You know, for some of us, we might not have a lot of childhood memories, right? If you had a traumatic childhood that had maybe some of those bigger things in it, I did. I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. I actually, I had this experience where I, this was probably, I want to say like seven years ago, I was at my grandmother's house with my mom and my sister. And my mom and my sister were talking about a trip that we had all taken as, you know, the three of us as a group when I was 17 years old. And I remember it. I did not remember a thing of it. As at a 17-year-old, didn't remember a thing. Right. So now a therapist would call that disassociation, right? We don't need to put a fancy term on it. I just call it, you know, being popped out of your body. We want to get present again. So in order to live authentically and out of self-love, we need to first get present with ourselves, how we are feeling, and continually asking ourselves, what do I need? Where is my yes and where is my no? Where do I feel tension? Where do I feel heaviness? Where do I feel constricted, contracted? Where do I feel expansive? I'm breathing into that space. As we go through this, when we make that commitment to live out of yes and out of no, that is self-love. That is self-love. You will feel love when you give yourself what you need. It's that simple. How are you guys feeling? I so enjoyed being here with you tonight. I hope this was useful for you, that it added value to you. I would love to talk with you more about this and I can give you some more specific advice about becoming grounded in yourself and moving through some of this. If you want to work with me, you can reach me at my email, which is Joelle, J O E L L E, the soul method.com, or you can hit me up on the soul method Facebook page, which is at the soul method yoga. And I cannot wait to hear from you. Until next time. Life is a winding road. No telling where it goes. Driving through days and nights. Won't stop for traffic lights